getting to be somewhat of a habit. Since a bit of a mocking undertone. Like I'm in school all over again. Well, I appreciate everyone who uh, prayed for me and my family this week. Uh, yesterday was the first day I felt like I didn't want to die. <laughs> and uh, most of the rest of the week I was afraid that I wouldn't. And, uh, but, so then Jeremy had appeared to have escaped unscathed, and then this morning he woke up with a fever. So huzzah for that. But uh, um, how many of you know that uh, divine healing is so much better than medicine? Because I go to the doctor, she's like, you have pneumonia. So she gives me this antibiotic, and, which causes uh, dizziness, headaches, nausea, constipation, uh, nervousness, and sleeplessness. I'm like, uh, okay, so I'm miserable, so you want to make sure I don't miss any of it? Is that what this is all about? or? <laughs> <coughs> I watched a shameful amount of television this week because I couldn't move. Let you know when you're busy, people are like, hey, have you seen this movie? Like, no, I haven't. I don't have time. When you get sick, you have time to watch a few. So I've, I think I'm caught up now. So anyway, Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done for us and for your blessings. God, we just uh, pray that we would uh, have ears to receive, hearts to receive, God, what you have for us today. God, that we would uh, honestly examine ourselves by your word and that you would do as only you can do in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Yeah, last night I, uh, actually yesterday I felt pretty decent. Like I said, and uh, I guess once I wasn't uh, really, really, really sick, then I could tell how miserable the medicine was making me, and uh, uh, I slept for about an hour, and I got up and threw up my dinner, and then uh, sat on the couch and watched a movie to try and take my mind off of how icky I felt, and... uh, Went to bed and still couldn't really sleep. So if I fall asleep up here, then you'll know why. That'll be because my medicine decided that it doesn't want to keep me awake anymore. Uh, Go with me to uh, Psalm 15. If you don't know, I'm kind of a wimp when I'm sick, so... Yeah, I think a lot of people are, but then there are some people, like, Cynthia is the iron woman when she's sick. She just gets up and does stuff anyway. Yeah. I, I, I lay there. <laughs> Can you get me a drink of water? Oh, how low the mighty have fallen. How's Mike doing? Not good. Okay. That is just going around, isn't it? Okay. So, you know, uh, throughout the Word, God gives us these uh, guidelines, criteria. You know, we talked a little bit about this last week. 
um, how you can you can look at your life and see you know is this there is it not there um, and it can be there's lots of places you can find things like that and uh, the the fruit of the spirit is a great place to to look for like wow do I see do I see love in me do I see patience in me and all those things patience is a tricky one of course because we all know how you get patience and it's not fun you have to go to med school but um um but uh you know uh salvation has always been and will always be about about the cross and about the the blood and about accepting that for you and and that um presence of God that comes into you when you're born again makes you holy just like uh at the burning bush the ground wasn't holy because it had done anything. The ground was holy because God was there. And so that's why he calls us the saints, the holy ones, because he lives inside of us and therefore we are holy. However, on the other side of the coin, there are things that God expects of us. He doesn't, he doesn't expect us to just float along doing whatever. Uh, he, does, uh, he says that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so... Um, so that would indicate then that there must be something more to being holy than uh, than simply that presence of God in our life, that because uh, because He has made His people a partnership with the things that He does uh, in the world and, and in us as individuals. So um, so He talks here in Psalm 15. About um, kind of a uh, you could say a prerequisite for coming into the uh, into the presence of God. It says, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? And abide's a good word. You know, the margin says sojourn. That's a good word for it. They both have this sense of not just popping by for a while, but staying there. Lord, who shall abide? In your tabernacle, in your dwelling place, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Who indeed? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbites not with his tongue, he do, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honors them that fear the Lord. He that swears to his own hurt and changes not. He that puts not out his money to usury, nor takes reward against the innocent. He that does these things shall never be moved. So so he has this this checklist of things. He's like it's, it's like he's saying, Okay, so you wanna be you wanna be in, in the camp, you wanna be in the church, so uh look for these things because the implication would be these things would put you outside of that that place where God is pleased with your uh, your behavior or your actions you know and uh and it's one and it's more than just your actions in fact because he says he that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart so holiness is something that that comes uh from your 
that's on the inside of you as well as the outside, because you can you can have all your duckies in a row and and look like you're uh, you're doing everything right and and uh, and really not be. Uh, there's a brother I used to always like to tease him. I'd tell him I couldn't tell if he was smiling at me or baring his teeth. Mostly just because it made made him mildly uncomfortable and he would laugh. But uh, you know, and I didn't think anything of it. But uh, but there's there's something to that because there are those times that uh, um, sometimes we we do the right thing because we know it's the right thing to do. We'd really rather not, you know. Um, but what we want is to have God get into our, our inward parts where he really changes the way we think and feel on the inside so that those, those right actions are, um, are also backed up with a right heart. Because uh, um, ultimately, that's everything that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount boils down to what's in your heart. So, so he says, so who shall abide in thy tabernacle and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that, uh, he that, and you know the, the interesting thing about speaking the truth in your heart too is it kind of has with it this sense of being honest with yourself. Because it's easy to uh, gloss over things uh, when it's just you in your head. And it's like, ah, that's, that's not that bad. Or I didn't really think that. <laughs> you know? And, and yet... When, when we're honest with ourselves, then there's a, a great deal of benefit there because um, because God knows, and because when we when we're honest with Him uh, with those things, then it really turns Him loose to do something about it. And of course, that's that's what we want is those things that that don't come into line with Him, those things that would hinder our walk with Him. We want those things to be um, destroyed, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a bit says, who bite back, backbites not with his tongue. So that's a tricky one. It's really, really easy to uh, uh, um, take offense at some random meaningless thing and, uh, and find yourself wanting to say something unpleasant about the person when they're not there. Nor does evil to his neighbor, which those go hand in hand, they're the same thing nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. Honestly, all three of those are the same thing. Because if you're taking up a reproach against your neighbor, you are backbiting with your tongue. You are, uh, uh, and not only are you are you trying to bring damage against this person that you're unhappy with, but it's harmful to the people that, that hear it because then they have to do something with it. Hopefully they would stop it and uh, and point out to you what you're doing wrong. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honors them that fear the Lord. He that swears to his own hurt and changes not. I always found that one uh, to be interesting. You know, following through with what you said you were going to do, keeping your word. Uh, Mike and I did a job once for this lady. You know, some people just for whatever reason you meet them and you just kind of instantly take a dislike to them. And both of us just didn't particularly like this lady, and uh, but 
it was winter time, or winter was coming on, and it was a small outside job. We thought, well, you know, this will this will just be a good little bonus before the end of the season. And we didn't get to it. And then over the winter, uh, as time went on, we did other work, and spring came. And we really didn't want to do this job anymore. We didn't really need the money, particularly for no more hassle, as much hassle as it was going to be. It was going to require uh, a, a man lift and... We were going to have to uh, rent a truck to actually get it out there and everything. And all this for a one-day job that we weren't really charging enough to justify all that. And uh, so we tried to bail out of it. We had already bought the paint for her. We dropped it off. We told her, hey, we're having some trouble getting the equipment out here. Because we were. And uh, um, you know, we, we were apologized profusely and you know, suggested that maybe she could find someone else and and uh, <laughs> she's like, no, that doesn't help me any. She's like, I need this done. And you said you were going to do it. And we're like, okay, well, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. And so, you know, we kind of had a little powwow. Uh, we're like, okay, well, we can't do anything about it today, but we'll we'll put our heads together. We'll see what we can come up with. And uh, uh like we get out on our front porch and God just brings that scripture to my mind and he swears to his own hurt and changes not. It's like, I don't care if this is profitable for you or not. You told her you would do it. She needs it done. She's counting on you to get this done because she's trying to sell her house. Now you need to figure this out. And it turned out to be quite the hassle. Um, but in the end, we, we managed to get it all done and, and move on down the road. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it, Mike said his his, uh, his heart just sank as soon as I told him that, that scripture because he's like, I know exactly what that means. That means we're going to have to do this then. Okay. So, you know, but uh, going through those experiences where you have to push past what's comfortable and, and every day for you is actually really quite good for you. So... So, you know, God was good enough to give me somebody to hold my hand through those experiences. So, uh, so he that swears to his own hurt and changes not, and he that puts not out his money to usury, nor takes reward against the innocent, and he that does these things shall never be moved. So so not only is this then uh, him talking about coming into the presence of God, but... Um, he says, "He that does these things shall never be moved." So then, there's a there's a strength that happens to you when you you do these right things, because because uh, when your when your actions are uh, less than what God would have, it uh, can sometimes leave you open to uh, um, uh, the enemy bringing in something else against you and taking advantage of of your misstep, and and so. It's like playing a game of chess with somebody that's really good. It's like you don't want to leave any of your pieces hanging out because they will be taken advantage of. And so, so, so God says, when you do these things, you know, pay attention to these things and, and ask yourself, are these things happening in me? Uh, go with me to Isaiah 33. This is going to be kind of the same thing. Um, 
and I, I read this this week, and uh, really am not terribly familiar with uh, large portions of Isaiah, and, uh, and so when I read this, it, just, it was really kind of striking to me. In 33, I'm going to start in verse 5. The Lord is exalted, he dwells on high, and he has filled Zion with righteous or with judgment and righteousness. So so the dwelling place of God then filled with judgment and righteousness. So we all know that that's uh those are the uh these intrinsic values of God. They're they're part of, of, of his very nature. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of thy salvation and the fear of the Lord is his treasure. So that's an interesting thought. Wisdom and knowledge should be the stability of your times. So, you know, Solomon spent uh, the vast majority of the book of Proverbs driving home that very point that, um, you know, he said, with all of your getting, get understanding wisdom and knowledge that, that you should value them above everything else. And in uh, all of those things, they come from God. But when, when you have that knowledge of Him, when you, when you come to know Him, then you know, um, uh, when you, you come into that place of knowing Him and knowing what it is that, uh, that He would do, when you know His character, when you, you know how, uh, how God would deal with with an issue, and you can talk to him and really um, find those things out. Wisdom and knowledge should be the stability of thy times, and the strength of salvation, and the fear of the Lord is his treasure. And I like that, but, you know, because of course the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this just all links together nicely that that the fear of the Lord being a, a treasure because uh, um, you know, Jesus or God said that uh, in Malachi he talked about those people who spoke often of them as, as his treasure as his jewels and that, and that he would gather them together and so it, it takes the we're coming into a time where more and more it, it takes the uh, a reverent fear of God and the love of God to um, uh, to, to, to walk with him in, in, in truth and righteousness and, and to uh, be unmoved by the things we see around us. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without, and the ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste, the wayfaring man ceases. He has broken the covenant, he's despised the cities and regarded no man. The earth mourns and languishes. Lebanon is ashamed and hewn down. Sharon is like a wilderness, and Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. You shall conceive shaft, and you shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as a fire shall devour you. And the people shall be as the burnings of lime, as thorns cut up, and shall they be burned in the fire. Hear ye that are far off what I have done, and you that are near acknowledge my might. And this is kind of what I was really trying to get to. The sinners in Zion are afraid. It's interesting, the sinners in Zion. He says, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. And this word hypocrites um, is mostly translated as indeed hypocrite, but it, essentially what it means is profane. 
So, uh, but I like I like that it says the hypocrite. Talks about this, you know, because to be a sinner in Zion, you would have to be a hypocrite. It's like how, you know, it's like what what are you what would you be doing here if this is, you know, if you're not on board with the things that God is doing, the things that God is saying. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? And who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? So our God is a consuming fire then. And so it's not a scary thing unless you're a hypocrite. Unless you're a sinner in Zion, then it might be somewhat uh, disconcerting. But, uh, you know, the the fire of God is a is a marvelous thing because it it doesn't feel good and uh, sometimes it feels like it's going to burn off some stuff that uh, you're not really sure maybe it should but but God knows precisely what he's doing and and he knows uh, exactly what we all need and so but see these these sinners in Zion these hypocrites um, they have they have the, the 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 word. They have this um, these criteria that they can they could look at their own life by, and and if they were to speak the truth in their heart, like he said here in Psalm 15, then then you can see, okay, so then this is not really this is unacceptable, or this is unacceptable, and this thing needs to change. And finding something like that in yourself. While not a joyous experience is is certainly not the end of the world because God doesn't point out stuff uh, that's wrong with you to be mean. He points it out because he wants to take care of it because he loves you and because he wants you to succeed. You know, um, a good friend will always tell you if you have like little toothpaste crusties on the corner of your mouth or, you know, if you've got like a big crispy in the corner of your eye, they will let you know, you know, and... And so God will let you know if you've got spinach in your teeth. He will let you know. Who among us shall dwell with a devouring fire? And who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? And I like that because that kind of has a different sense than uh, what he said in Psalm about who shall abide in the tabernacle of the Lord. Like because it's hot in here. Like you know, you uh, if you're going to dwell in here, you better not be flammable. So he that walks righteously, so here he's answering his question again, who shall dwell with the everlasting burnings? He that walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he that despises the gain of oppressions and shakes his hands from holding bribes, that stops his ears from hearing of blood and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. So sounds a lot like Psalm 15 again. The same kinds of things. He got a, has this expectation of, of righteousness and uprightness, and uh, um, you know those are those are both actions that you you perform uh, outwardly, but they are also things that are character traits that you have inside. And and if you if you find if you find yourself lacking in those things, and I think we probably all do to some degree then I think the thing to do is just tell God, hey, I'm, I'm being, just being honest with you here. I am. I don't see myself as measuring up to this, but I want to dwell with the devouring fire, and I want to dwell with the everlasting burnings. I want to be in Zion where you are. 
and and so so he gives us these these uh these diagnoses if you will of these things you know uh I went to the doctor on Tuesday and uh you know she kind of starts checking off this list she checked me for the flu and came back negative and um she patiently sat there and watched me while I threw up into a bag in the in the little doctor's room there and and then <laughs> and offered me some water and kept on going down the list trying to figure out you know what was the matter with me and uh um, but you know that's what God does is he 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 uh he points out the stuff and he can diagnose uh the things in our life and i I think a lot of times a lot of times we already know those things are there and uh and we kind of gloss over them but but what he's saying here is you know let's uh let's walk uprightly and speak the truth in your heart and 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 be honest like okay i i see this thing here so but god let's deal with that because he shall dwell on high his place of defense shall be the munition of rocks and bread shall be given him and his water shall be sure Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, and they shall behold the land that is very far off, or the land of far distances, it says in the margin. So um, so here then is this benefit to these, uh, uh, this, this person who walks uprightly and speaks righteously and speaks uprightly, and all this stuff talks about him being secure, that, uh, that his dwelling place his place of defense should be in the munitions of rocks. Bread should be given him. His water should be sure. So he'll, um, um, God, uh, he takes care of you and, 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 uh, and, and makes sure you don't lack for anything that you really need. And, uh, and the best, best thing of all is he says, Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. And so that's the thing that, that we want. But without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So, so you want that holiness so that you can see the King in His beauty. Uh, skip over with me briefly to Isaiah 35. <coughs> <coughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Isaiah 35, I'm just going to read the whole thing. The wilderness and the solitary place should be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. That's good. I mean, to not put too fine a point on it, that sounds like a good thing. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, and the excellency of Carmel and Sharon and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. So it's interesting because he's... Uh, um, it's like he's talking about uh, this destination... But it's, it has this sense of a, of a journey uh, along the way of, of, uh, that we're traveling this thing together. 
And and so he says, that, you know, strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees because because we're all going to the same place and we all have the same goal and it wouldn't do for me to get there uh, without you there. And it wouldn't do for you to get there without me there. So when I collapse into a coughing fit, then please just pick me up and carry me on your shoulder for a while. But... Uh, um, uh, but say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not, for your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. And, and isn't that what we do for one another? Isn't that exactly the kind of uh, conversations that you have with people? That that when they, you, you know, you it's like, hey, how are you doing? It's like, oh, well, you know, it's been better. And it's like, well, you know, fear not. You know, God, God's got this all under control. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And in the wilderness shall waters break out, the streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. And in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there in the way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go thereupon. And it shall, and it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with sing, songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So, so holiness is both uh, a destination and it's a journey. You know, God is is our destination, but He's also our guide on this journey. And so, not only is He with us, but He's where we're going. And so, so wherever He is, then uh, uh, when you're there, you already have the sense of having arrived. And uh, um. And when, when you can, when you look at your life uh, through the eyes of faith, and you can see through these things that God's given us, when when you see that, uh, okay, so my life lines up here, here, and here. Maybe not so much here. So I'm going to do business with God about this thing, and then then you uh, you have this sense of well-being with God that. Um, that you you actually have the sense of, wow, I really am holy. I really am uh, his favorite. He really is pleased with me. And uh, so wherever he is, that's where I'm going to be. And and all these things that he's talking about here in this chapter, those things all belong to you because you are uh, a part of his people. Jesus, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you've done. God, uh, search us and, and try us. Lord God, we all want to have that honest introspection. God, not just this morning, uh, God, but uh, regularly. God, uh, holding up our uh, life uh, to the light, Lord, and, and uh, seeing how it matches up with the uh, claims that you have made upon our life and the uh, 
expectations that you've set forth in your word. And Jesus, we pray that uh, today your spirit would do in this place what only you can do, that you'd touch every heart. Not everyone who's uh, dealing with all these um, illnesses and things that are going around, God, we pray that you'd touch them, pray that you'd strengthen them. Uh, God, what we need is to have that touch from you. God, uh, more than anything, God, uh, doctors can throw medicine at us, but uh, what we need is a touch from the, the divine physician. And so we just we pray those things in your name, and we just pray that today uh, that you would meet us in this place and do and say exactly what you want to do and say, Lord, and that we would, uh, would receive it uh, with hearts of faith, Lord God, and that we would uh, offer you the uh, sacrifice of praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.